0: Startup Stories DSM features conversations with entrepreneurs who share both their victories and failures on their path to success. Startup Stories is produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. More tips and resources are available at dsmpartnership.com slash business resources. I'm your host, Christina Moffitt, Director of Small Business Resources at The Partnership. Melissa Carlson, welcome to Startup Stories. So tell me, how did you decide on graphic design as a career?
1: I was one of those students that uh, was very interested in creativity and art and design at a young age in and, and high school, and I had a, a high school teacher who led me into the career. So I, I decided early on and went to college knowing that that's what I wanted to do.
0: And where did you go to college at?
1: I went to Grandview. They had a really good art program. It felt comfortable to me. I wanted a smaller school. Um, I had also looked at
0: Iowa State and Drake Grandview felt like home so that's where I went. What other path prior to owning your own business you've been in graphic design but there's a lot of different paths you can take for graphic design so what was your career path like before owning your own firm?
1: Right out of school I think I was in that mode of I just want to get a job I didn't I didn't really have too much of a choice at that point you just want to experience so my first job was um, at a publishing company and I was doing a lot of just editing text and doing updates, working with a lot of um, very large documents, so it kind of taught me about that, but it didn't offer me a whole lot of creativity. So then I went to an ad agency, which was super high creativity, probably a little bit stressful.
0: (laughs) Deadlines. Yeah, a lot of deadlines,
1: a lot lot of of long hours. I don't Um, like this. (laughs) Yeah, but it set me up to the next stage of my career, which then I went to work at an architecture firm. And did in-house.
0: So, how does a graphic designer land at an architecture firm? Talk to me a little bit about how that all works together.
1: I knew somebody who worked there, and then I knew they had an internship position. So, I was first an intern, and then it grew into a full-time
0: job. And graphic design in an intern position—Are you just working on like proposals, or what? All did you design for a architecture firm? Oh,
1: anything. I mean, invites, announcements we did some website work uh all kinds of stuff even video we got into some video as well how long have you
0: been in business now and out on your own
1: um we just celebrated our five years which is great Um, yeah yeah that's that's a big one that is Um, a
0: big one in uh, small business life that's like you're almost entering your teen years really when you look at the life of a small business yeah
1: we had a a big a big celebration this spring because that milestone is a big one and it's been a lot of up and downs. <laughs>
0: to get oh, there. A lot of earned uh, badges in there too. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about eight one eight and what you guys do, and then you have a little bit of a niche.
1: Yeah, uh, we do. You know, graphic design for small businesses. Uh, we saw um, a, a niche in graphic design market to help out people that need a little bit more support than a freelancer, but not as much as a large agency we set up our studio to be intentionally small and then we serve as an extension of other businesses who can't maybe afford to have their own creative department and then I I think maybe another niche you're talking about is maybe beer
0: it is it is (laughs) you guys have a real big niche in the microbrewery business
1: yeah we do a lot of work for craft breweries and we design a lot of beer
0: labels I know with when I think of a lot of the local uh, microbreweries, which I don't know if you guys have client confidentiality, but if you can talk about them, um, they have a lot of design work that people don't really think about. So with you, I know it starts as kind of that initial logo, but how does that spin off and what all do you guys do for these microbreweries?
1: Breweries specifically, a lot of times the major projects we're working on is artwork that actually goes on their labels, but then that gets extended to coasters and um, marketing materials and apparel and all of all of the things that fall in line for the business not just not just the label
0: which is great and then some of them have expanded into uh, locations and larger larger locations and I would assume that your work has stretched beyond um, to be a little bit of placemaking for them.
1: Yes, we have done some large-scale um, large, large scale, uh, environmental graphics in spaces as well. Graphic design,
0: when we think about it, you know, a lot of people just think, oh, you know, I, I need a logo and a very well-done website, but it does translate into a space like we were just touching on. So talk to us a little bit more about what um, informational graphics are and what that really means. Like when you start to design a logo and you know eventually, it's going to blow up onto a wall I'm sure you're thinking about that from the beginning walk us through that process and and why it's important sure
1: I think when we when we design logos we try to make sure that there are elements to it that can be expanded into other areas of the business Um, specifically for large format graphics one they're going to need to be things that are uh, files that are vector files so they can be scaled up to large uh, large size Um, that's kind of technical answer Um, but Also, thinking about what that brand feeling is when someone experiences your space. How do they feel the moment they walk in? Is it easy to find? Um, If it's a restaurant, you know, is it, how do you guide them through the process of ordering, you know, food or a drink or um, just that whole experience?
0: That's, that's awesome. It's, and I've seen this happen in multiple spaces, especially the breweries. Um, and even like colors, when you guys are working through things, I know that colors have meanings and you mm-hmm. guys tend to dive into that a little, a little further when you're looking for a client.
1: Yeah. and I, I, We've even helped pick colors that the machinery is painted um, in some instances um, so that it correlates with the brand. It goes much further than just
0: the logo. So we, t- we had a session last week on e-commerce and one of the things we know is that the website's really your front door which really means when people are looking at starting a business you guys are really kind of the first point of what they're going to look like and what they're going to feel like. Talk to us about kind of the importance of a website and maybe a handful of things that you think are important on a website that are often overlooked. Yeah I think
1: just to stress that mobile first, everyone's on their mobile devices, whether that be a phone or a tablet. So making sure that it um, is responsive and can be viewed really quickly and easily from a phone. Uh, most of the time people are looking for hours, location, um, things like that. So making and it may change from business to business, but knowing what that frequently visited information is and having that readily available um, would be a good step. I don't I don't know that people are budgeting enough for what it takes to do a full website, um, so making sure that you budge, budget for that and then um, technology changes so quickly, make sure you're planning
0: to do a revamp every few years as well. I was just telling somebody, I, w- I said, you know, if you're going to look at repainting your house every couple of years, you should at least look at updating your website on a yearly basis because old photos or headshots they they all change and people leave things hanging out there and so I was saying you know I think at least once a year it's kind of like looking at your wardrobe what are you not going to wear anymore and changing it over it should should be the same thing so hopefully And,
1: and making sure you have a lot of fresh content for your, for your viewers, and also that helps with SEO and things like that. So Makes a lot keeping, of sense. Them, keeping them updated is important.
0: There was also, um, somebody mentioned uh, video or moving photos on a website can actually rank higher. Definitely so, definitely catches your attention. Um, we, we've touched on branding a little bit. Obviously, uh, branding is more than a logo. But what's, what's one of the best brand tips you have for businesses as you begin to work with them?
1: Thinking about your brand more than just the logo and the visuals uh, to think about what that voice of your brand is almost to give it a personality and a persona and then carry that through all aspects of your business. Like who treat it as like your business is a person and how does that reflect your customers?
0: That does make a lot of sense. You know, when you think about brands that you follow, it almost has that consistent voice in it. And, um, Mike Draper with Reagan just spoke at our event last week, and he said there is five of them that work on social media. But you would think it's the same person. It sounds like yes, Mike Draper yep. posting it, but that's because they've given this persona to Reagan. Yep, that's and so a great they always example. respond like, "Is this how Reagan would answer if he was in a room with us?" And that's how they treat it. So I think that's a great tip because a lot of times the voice online does not mimic the website, and then it's kind of that brand confusion for people. Life is always happening in the background for us personally, and staff, and small business owners, and I know that you've had some challenges um, since starting your business, and I wondered if you would share on any of those challenges that you've faced over yeah, the last couple of years. Yeah, I feel like
1: I could go on and on about about these. Um, I, I won't just because of the pri- privacy of some of the people involved, but um, we've had a lot of team changes in the last year specifically. Um, people leaving. Uh, We had an employee get in a a very severe accident. Um, My business partner had a baby and juggling having a three-year-old as well and then just trying to you know fill in those gaps was really difficult during that last year. But yeah it's hard because owning a business is crazy as it is but then you have life. You
0: just have to surround yourself with friends and family and keep going. Everybody always asks about the balance, and I don't believe in that word because I don't believe there is a balance. I I think of it more as putting out fires, but how how do you kind of, when you know you're facing a lot of things at once, how do you even go through the decision process of making the decision of what has to happen first?
1: It's really what fire is burning the hottest. (laughs) Some days it really is. I just told someone today, I said, I don't know why I even bother planning my day. (laughs) That sounds, that sounds bad, but it's true. I don't think any day goes the way that I think it's going
0: to. With all these challenges in life, how do you take personal time for yourself?
1: I think for me, for, uh, you just have to take it when you can. Um, I've had to work during vacations, pretty much every vacation. But, you know, sometimes there's an afternoon where things, I see a little hole in it and I'm like, you know what, I need to get out and go for a run or a walk or um, just read a book or something and you just got to take those moments when you find them um, sometimes you can't plan
0: them that's one positive that people see you know as being an entrepreneur is sometimes the flexibility does arise sometimes yes. the flexibility is also taken away from you in the same <laughs> in yeah. the same week um, but you also have some hobbies tell us a little bit about your hobbies and, and oh what I, you like to do
1: I enjoy you know biking and I have a dog that I just adore um, so I mostly just take pictures of her a lot which is is awesome <laughs>
0: if you don't follow them on social media you should because her dog is adorable yeah she's very sweet
1: and we really enjoy craft beer too so it's I know it's what we do for work but it's also what we do for fun so you can always catch us at some event or you know, what have you, drinking some beer too.
0: Hey, homework, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. And possibly new clients while you're out there, you know, for redesigns. As we face challenges, how do you feel it's made you stronger as an entrepreneur?
1: I think that being an entrepreneur has actually made me stronger as a person, personally. Um, All the things that get thrown at you every day, um, it kind of teaches you how to deal with those things personally as well. I had someone, and I wish I could remember who it was that told me, but coined the term, everything is outable. So every time I come up to something that I don't exactly know what,
0: how to handle it, I say, I can figure this out. That's a good way to look at it. There's always got to be there's a way a way to do something. Yep. It might not be exactly how you envision it, but there's usually a way, a way through it. Well, you've been around a while. You mentioned five years. And Mm -hmm. I think a business that's five years old faces very different challenges than a business that's just getting going. So what challenges do you feel like you face today and maybe some expected or unexpected that have come about? Uh, We're moving our office again. (laughs) And how many times
1: have you moved? (laughs) This will be the fourth time in five and a half years. Uh, We've... We've chosen our office space to grow with us as we have. So that's one big thing. Uh, I also think employees and staff and team member kind of things have been more difficult than I thought. Um, not that they're difficult, but just all the things associated with having an employee that you have to do um, from the taxes and you know just mentoring and leadership and all that kind of stuff benefits. Uh, it just takes a lot of time. I think that that's one thing that I didn't really foresee but, yeah, office space
0: and people. <laughs> and growing. Yeah. Somebody told me you're, uh, your employees are the family that you never knew you wanted. You yeah. Because you really do <laughs> spend more time with them. And, yeah. you know, you get to celebrate the goods and the bads. And I said, you know, that makes a lot of sense because they really are like your family. Yeah, we
1: call it the work
0: family. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And Especially when we're small.
1: We're so small that... Everybody is truly like family. And
0: how many employees do you have? We didn't touch on that earlier. Uh,
1: We have three and then
0: Rachel and I. So there's a total of five of us in the group. That turns out a large volume of work. So that's why she works on vacations. (laughs) Um, You mentioned your partner, Rachel. Mm -hmm. And you guys are actually really, really close friends as well as business partners. So talk to me a little bit about how do you manage both sides of that relationship? We get
1: this question quite a bit. (laughs) Um, We... We met first in business and I think that that might be a reason why it works so well because we first learned how to work together, um, not as friends, but then we became friends through that and now we're business partners and, you know, everything is interwoven in our lives and um, we just keep getting closer. Uh, We haven't had any major issues and you just have to keep working personal separate on some things, but... Uh, I think really the fact that we complement each other, we have uh, different skill sets, different personalities, it works really well.
0: So when you look at having partners in a business, you know, I I see the good and the bad in partnerships when I work with small business. But how do you guys decide? I know you guys have kind of clearly defined who does what in your roles. A lot of times you'll go to meetings together to kind of figure out who's going to be the lead on that client. Mm-hmm. But how did you how did you figure out who would do what in the company?
1: You know, early on we had a uh, a person that helped us with some business planning and mentoring a little bit and that was one thing she noticed right away. She's like, you guys are both doing too much of the same thing. Like you need to figure out who's doing what and whose skill sets are better. And I know, you know, for neither of us like doing billing, but you know, Rachel's much better at that. So she's taking over that and I'm better at doing vision things. So I, I take care of that side of the business. And there are some things that we overlap, but Um, The piece of advice they had given us was, even though you're small, make an org chart, just like any other larger company would have, and then fill your name in, and, you know, it's only going to be Rachel and Melissa, but fill it in there, and and then as you grow, you can hire for those positions.
0: And I, think, I thought that was really good advice. Yeah, that is really good advice, especially for, just like you said, as a small team, you do everything in the beginning. But as you grow, there has to be somebody to fill that role. Yep. So that's probably been a good roadmap for you yeah. guys as you've, as you've grown. Yep. How do you guys um, stay within your, your niche that we talked about? How do you know when you're going to go after a project or you're not going to go after a project? We talked about small business, but I know sometimes you work with other designers. How do you decide what you're going to do when there's two of you? <laughs> Uh, well,
1: again, there's kind of a skill set there. If it's a little bit higher creativity type things, I'm usually involved. If it's if it's web related or tech related, or more analytical type things, I feel like Rachel's the the stronger leader in that in that example. Um, and I think we've just learned that through experience, and um, it's also where our interests lie. I think that it's something that you kind of just learn along the way, who's a better fit for what project. But we do try to get our team members involved as well to get a little variety in the work, Um, especially when you're creating art and design. You know, some people tend to have a style, so we try to vary that a little bit.
0: I know that um, social media comes up a lot with small businesses that I work with. They always say, do I talk about my business online? Do I talk about my pers- personal life under the business? How do, how do you guys handle social media in your company? You know, is it all, you know, just separate? Is there gray? How do you decide who you are, your persona per se online?
1: When we first started, we were a lot more active on social media. And I think that's always a really great thing because then people can get to know you. Again, get to know that persona and who you are as a company. I think that not intentionally but we've not been as active just cuz we've been so busy but uh i think definitely keeping them separate is is what i would recommend um but not being afraid to let your personality come through through your business cuz it's who you are and who your people are and let that shine um don't shy away from that but you know maybe keep the politics and things like that separate right. <laughs> um and some of the personal life
0: things but. so um if you ever follow them they're big into dinosaurs and tacos and you'll see yeah. that come through on their social media it's very cute and you guys have been consistent with that over the years so yep. tidbit to go check out their uh, social media and figure out what their dinosaurs yeah, and their we, tacos are doing
1: we always ask our uh we have a questionnaire for new new team members and we always ask what their favorite dinosaur
0: is i love it i love it so what is next for 818? You guys call yourselves the tiny design empire. So what is next for you guys?
1: Our business model is to stay intentionally small. Uh, I do think there could be more team members added, but I don't think we'll ever go over you know 10 people. So we still have room to grow. Uh, we Again, I mentioned we're moving offices, so that'll be a thing. Not far. We joke we keep moving like a block east every year. <laughs> so we're doing that again. Um, and then I think now that we've got a pretty good base for the business, Rachel and I have a couple of other ideas for businesses. I think this is where we become serial entrepreneurs. (laughs) You see that often. So uh, we're, we're working on a couple other business plans right now. I don't know if they'll see the light or not, but we're moving on to something,
0: something new. Well, that will be great. Melissa Carlson, thanks for being with us today. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Startup Stories DSM podcast. Inspired by these startup stories? Visit dsmpartnership.com slash business resources to find upcoming events, videos, and other free resources dedicated to helping startups and entrepreneurs accelerate success And DSM USA. That's dsmpartnership.com slash business resources. Thanks for listening.